Hello and welcome back to The Social Sanctuary, an episode 4 of Series 2. If you're enjoying the series so far, don't forget to leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. But let's get into today's episode. So today I'm chatting to Broden Tate, a lifestyle YouTuber and blogger based in Bournemouth with over 75,000 subscribers. Broden shares lifestyle tips, vlogs and travel videos helping viewers to navigate the highs and lows of adulthood. Broden is one of the hosts of the online offline podcast which has had over 25,000 downloads since its launch in January 2021. Thanks for being on the show today, Broden. Could you tell the listeners a little more about what you do? Oh, thank you so much, Harvey. That was a lovely intro. And thank you for having me on your podcast. Obviously, as you've said, I I am a full-time digital content creator. So I am known for being a vlogger, an Instagrammer. I'm a podcaster and I do a little bit of public speaking and things like that. And my videos are lifestyle based. So I do the content around home life and travels, getting a dog and things I'm passionate about, basically, just things that I enjoy chatting about. And this year, 2021, marks my 10-year anniversary on YouTube. So I started in May 2011 when I was 17, obviously now almost 27. So I've grown up and transitioned into adulthood online. And it's been an amazing journey and experience. And I'm so uh, grateful that I can call this my full-time job now. So amazing so yeah i started following your channel in 2015 so you were still working in office admin at the time i think so it's been amazing to see how you've become a full-time content creator with all of your subscribers as well do you feel like there's been any major moments which have really helped you to grow the channel Firstly, thank you so much for following me for so long. I always see your name and all your support and it means so much to me. When you've been online for so long, you do get to know like regular people. And every time I see your name and your picture, I I always like, oh, there's Harvey. Nice to hear from you. So yeah, thank you. It's it means a lot. So yeah, it's been a it's been a while. But I'd say the moments that really helped my channel grow probably from t- actually 2015, when you found me onwards was really when it started to pick up, I started making weekly vlogs, which were quite a pivotal moment they were like the backbone of my youtube channel they really helped me grow and people really loved them because i was very raw and honest and real in those videos and i think people enjoyed that content and then in 2016 i won a cosmopolitan blog award and that was amazing i won the influencers choice award which is a public vote so i was up against lots of other creators that were a lot bigger in terms of their following than me and so it was a real honor and shock and surprise for me to win um because people really were supportive and then i'd say from 2017 and 18 onwards i started doing disney vlogs i was already doing them anyway but i actually went out to walt disney one in florida twice in those years and those videos really helped as well people really loved those um vlogs of me just living an amazing life doing these amazing things and having the best holidays and trips and being able to document them um and then more recently I bought a house with my boyfriend Benji so uh, videos around house content buying a house and home life obviously became very prominent in 2020 a lot of it is just really consistency and showing up and be always putting out content uh, there hasn't ever been long periods of time I've not uploaded so I think they're the things that really helped but mostly a big love and passion for what I do as well. 
Yeah, and you've you've got such a, a mix of content as well. So you've got something for everyone on the channel, um, and I think that's lovely to see because that's quite a rare find on on YouTube as well. Thank you. And you you decided that just doing YouTube wasn't enough, and you recently started a podcast with your friend Bianca called Online Offline, which was centered around navigating your 20s and the, the ups and downs of that, similar to what you do on your channel, really. Um, and that's had thousands of downloads since you started that earlier this month and it reached the top 10 charts on Spotify on launch week which is incredible so could you tell the listeners a bit more about the podcast Thank you. Yeah, it's been amazing, as I'm sure you can imagine, as you know yourself, having your own podcast. It's such a fun, exciting project. And it's lovely to chat to people or just chat about things. So it's really an extension of what I already do. And like you said, I run it with my friend Bianca. We've been friends for four or five years now. And we have some amazing conversations between us that we really felt like would be good to share in a podcast. So we just enjoyed the sort of chatty fun side project uh, idea of having something. And it came around after a few chats about what should we do? What should we call it? What should it be about? And I think if 2020 taught me anything, it was that life is too short to sit in my comfort zone and sit on ideas that I want to do. I think it takes a lot of courage and a lot of effort and guts to put yourself out there and produce something like a podcast. And I like, like, you're doing as well this is season two right so you've done a lot more episodes than me (laughs) and um you know it's just fun it's fun to have something else that you can have as part of your you know collection of tasks and skills and I I really enjoy it I really do enjoy having it and most of the topics we talk about are aimed towards women so we talk about um like friendships and relationships and we're going to be talking more about sort of finance and women's health and our careers and all that kind of stuff so it's really what we would have wanted when we were a bit younger and I'm really proud that I can have a place for that now so yeah it's great really love it yeah and it's it was a great time to start a podcast in lockdown as well because I guess you've had to change your content quite a bit from your usual travel vlogs and you were always going somewhere so that's all had to change have you found it challenging having to adapt the videos and trying things out that you wouldn't usually do yeah, do you know what? It was it was a bit of a challenge. I feel like everybody had to adapt their content in 2020 or their jobs or their roles, you know, everyone had to adapt to the year. Um it was a bit weird. It was strange and I I think actually already in March I was already starting to feel like I wanted to change anyway and the pandemic and going into lockdown actually just sort of um, encouraged me along that new path I was really nervous when you've done something for so long I always say like why fix something that's not broken but actually in reality I was sort of stuck and I really did need a refresh yeah I decided that I wanted to stop doing the weekly vlogs and just sort of create other content and do other videos and things that were really passionate to me and yeah it was it was a weird one I think because my content has been heavily focused on being able to travel and go places I was going to London once a week I was traveling abroad six seven times a year so as a you know as I'm sure you can imagine changing the content to be more home-based and focused 
was was interesting but I feel like I did an okay job like I get I did pat myself on the back at the end of the year like I, I actually did okay and I'm really 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 grateful that I could still have my job and work from home and um you know I know that it was such a tough year for so many people so yeah I'm really proud of what I've been able to achieve it's been brilliant watching you move into the new house and and seeing that journey as well. I know that the weekly vlogs used to be such a huge part of your week and your week almost revolved around that. So it must be nice now not to have to kind of think about that all the time. Yeah, making weekly vlogs was really fun, but there's just no point making them right now. Not when I'm at home so much. They didn't make any sense. And I'd much rather put out less content that's got more quality than just churning out videos of me doing very mundane things and I know my audience do like the mundane at times like just me doing boring things like taking out the trash and washing my dishes but we can't do that every week it's just not sustainable for me I really want to be able to grow and do more things so yeah I've done content on like my Nintendo Switch and gaming stuff that was totally out of my comfort zone. I've never done anything like that before. And more videos on like 10 things I learned about this or, you know, stuff like that. So it's been, um, it's been fun, actually. And you've um, openly shared as well that you'd like to reduce your screen time and want to understand really how much of the screen time is actually for work because you're online all the time and how much is is you just in your free time scrolling on social media do you find it hard to maintain a healthy relationship with social media platforms when it's difficult for you to separate what's work and what what you do in your free time as well yes sometimes it is really difficult to establish a healthy relationship of how much time I spend online on my phone. And it is hard to recognize what's for work and what's just for personal, you know, use. So I think with anything in life, it's really important to have healthy relationships, especially when social media can be just so addictive. But I try to establish what's been working well and what's not. And one of the things that I've really been working on over the last year is to start having a bit more of a separate offline life so in the past and it worked well in the past but I've always shared everything and actually I want to share less and I want things that I don't talk about online and I want you know friendships that don't ever get talked about and other projects and work that I do you know so I just stopped sharing everything I just sort of cut back a bit and I was worried that that wouldn't like my audience would lose um a bit of me like they wouldn't feel like they knew me as well because I'm not sharing everything but actually it's it's healthy for me to not do that so yeah reducing my screen time and how much I share is a really important part of my job and I also started working with a business coach she's like an influencer coach and as part of the work we do together we look at how often I publish and how much time I'm having off because my weekends often filled with work as well and when I'm going on holidays I'm filming so it's just sort of establishing this is time for just me and this is time that I'm working but much easier said than done for sure. Yeah, it's so much harder now when we're all at home all the time because you just find that it all just merges into one, really. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It's just so easy just to get distracted and spend so much time on your phone. 
Yeah, exactly. So it is a problem, but I heard you open up about that on the on the podcast last week. So, and you've covered a variety of topics on there, from self care to friendships, and even the law of attraction, which you. I think you first made a video about that a few years ago when you started to explore the law of attraction on your channel. And it's not for everyone, but it's it's strange to watch your older vlogs back and hear you talk about things that have, that have come true now. So are there any practices which have helped you to use it effectively? Yeah, it is really nice. It's so sweet that I can have that documented so I can look back at all the things that I sort of wanted in my life. But like you said, the law of attraction isn't for everybody. And it is a weird concept. I get that. And I'm not very religious or spiritual. So I don't really, you know, everyone has their different things that that works for them. But ultimately, it's really just about visualizing what you want in your life. So that's the first big thing is actually visualizing exactly what it is and I don't just mean like let's say you want a new car it's not about oh I would like a new car it's how does it feel when you drive that car where are you driving it what does it smell like what's the color of it what does it feel like to you and why is it important to you because you know, at the beginning of the law of attraction journey I guess some of it was materialistic to me it was more like I wanted a house, I wanted a dog, I wanted these things. But now over time, I realized it's more about how I want my life to feel. So I do a lot of like gratitude journaling and appreciate what I, you know, already have rather than what I don't have. Um, and then the last thing I love doing is um, mood boards. I find them really powerful. I love um, grabbing pictures from Pinterest and using Canva to create like a digital mood board. And then I have it as my background on my desktop on my computer and I look at it every day. And it's funny because things I put on the mood board like three or four months ago have started to come my way. And you could say a lot of that is my own hard work and my own, you know, passion and drive to want to pursue the things in my life but I do believe in the power of like visualizing that and knowing exactly what you want because I think all of us have dreams and goals we want to achieve but um, being specific on those things is is really powerful in my opinion anyway. I agree Um, and I know that you like to have your weeks planned out like right down to the tiniest task so I do. I know it'll help to have all your goals that you can keep track of as well. I'm the same and um, it does make a difference. That's good. So um, it's not been easy for you at times dealing with negative comments as well and online trolls and um, just everything that comes with putting so much of your life on the internet. Are there any self-care practices that help you to step away from being online when things become too intense or you might have had backlash from something? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think negativity is a really, well, I could do a whole podcast on that, to be honest, because there is a fine line between constructive criticism and people giving you advice that they feel will help you grow. And then there's just trolling and bullying and online abuse which is a really dark difficult area of being online and putting yourself out there is something that I have become better at managing and dealing with I think you do grow thicker skin and you do learn better coping mechanisms with any like backlash I've ever had I've always tried to you know embrace what mistakes I've made apologize and own up to them and learn from them 
to be able to move forward. So I have absolutely no regrets in anything I've ever shared or anything that's ever, you know, come up. But you're right. It's like self-care practices are really important um, to be able to step away when things do get a bit tough. So for example, just simply going for a walk sounds so easy, but getting out there and getting a fresh air, even leaving my phone in like the bottom of my bag or in my pocket or even at home and just reminding myself of like, there is a big world out there. It's not just my little world and my little bubble online. There's, there is a whole world out there and I'll go and listen to a podcast or I'll go and listen to some calming music and I'll just try and like keep calm because it's easy for me to become quite panicky so I'll call a friend and just literally rant for hours on the phone if I have to about something and then another thing I do just is keeping some of the comments on approval for me as well and managing you know comments uh, blocked words and stuff that's just not appropriate because at, at the end of the day if you have a space online you are allowed and you are entitled to have your own boundaries and things that you are you accept being commented on or talked about and there are some things I just don't think people should be allowed to write so yeah it's a tough it's a tough one but you do get more confident and better at dealing with it as time goes on so it's just part of the job I think but that's okay I do my best Mm -hmm. yeah I guess managing the comments on their own is like a full-time job anyway yeah you don't want to see a negative one so it's good that you can put some boundaries in place you were um bullied when you started your channel as well weren't you that's something you spoke about on the podcast so it's really inspiring that you kept going Thank you. Yeah, I, I, it wasn't great at first. Some of my family members and some of my friends at school didn't think that what I was doing was cool and they thought it was silly and thought talking to a camera was crazy. So I guess back in 2011, it wasn't as common and people didn't see the value. I mean, I get, for me, it wasn't even meant to be a job. It was meant to just be a hobby. I just loved it so much. And I think, yeah, like I said, it takes a lot to put yourself out there. So it was a bit sad. I don't know what what made me carry on. I guess I just loved what I did and I just didn't want to listen to any of that. Those people are no longer in my life and they're lost. <laughs> <laughs> and look at the, your channel now, it, the size it's grown to. So it's amazing um, and inspiring for anyone to hear as well. Because I had a similar experience. So I used to do film reviews on YouTube as well. But the same thing happened to me when I started. And it is difficult when everyone else is just commenting on the videos. But like you said, 10 years ago, YouTube was was not big at all. And, and it was just more for people to post hobby type videos on there. So it's changed a lot. And now everyone wants to have a YouTube channel. It's um, interesting to see how everyone's perceptions have changed as well. Yeah, yeah. You must be um, proud of yourself that you still came back and did things and came back online and, you know, carried on with the work you've been doing because it is hard when you've been knocked and hit like down like that. It is, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't stick with YouTube, but yeah, I'm glad that I kept online and kept going with other things. Yeah, it's been it's been a big journey, really. And you have collaborated with some huge brands, so from Disney to Cineworld, and you're an ambassador for Big Potato Games as well. How important is it that influencers, I know you hate that word as well, <laughs> are transparent with their audience? Um, 
because I, I always feel like the brands you select are just perfect fits for your channel and personality. Thank you. That's so nice of you to say. I, yeah, the word influence is tough because I don't mind it being called one or ha- have it used in conversation. But I think at the moment, the media are being very anti-influencers. And I think they're very different types of influencers. You've got the reality stars, the ones that come from TV shows that we know. And then you have people like myself that started as a hobby and, ha- and want to be content creators and want to share things responsibly. And working with brands is a huge part of my job and one I take really seriously and I'm very proud of and yeah all the brands I work with I do take a lot of time and I turn down so much work to be able to wait out for those brands that I personally do think are a good fit so I'm pleased that you think that because they it is important to me really important and I'm so proud I've worked with some of these amazing brands like Disney and Cineworld and Big Potato there they are brands I love and use and buy from anyway so to be able to be sponsored by them is just insane it blows my mind but in terms of transparency yes it's hugely important we have the ASA and CMA and rules in place for a reason people need to know when something is an advert they need to know when I've been paid or if I'm earning any commission or affiliate money from something so I'm really passionate about ad disclosure and making that super clear I never try and hide it I do make it clear on my Instagram stories I have ad clearly before the caption on my Instagram posts I use as many tools and resources that I can to make it obvious Um, and my audience have been really really, really supportive of that because I think they massively respect that even though it's an ad, actually it's an ad that I'm passionate about, one, but two, you're likely to probably enjoy it and maybe you'll learn something or maybe you'll get a discount code or maybe you'll hear about a new service or product or whatever. So I never get any bad feedback about my ads actually, but I really do wish that more of the industry was um, more transparent. I wish there were less promotions of products that are toxic these like teas that you drink that are no good for you and um diet pills and all of that sort of stuff I passionately think are just wrong and um yeah it's not it's it's another area of the influencer world that I think has a lot of work to do and we can only carry on holding these creators accountable for not disclosing properly or working with brands that actually don't align with who they are but I'm really really proud of my stuff and I'm going to keep going with that so yeah it's, it's a strange one isn't it it's a weird world but it is yeah I was just going to bring up it particularly over the last week there's been a lot of bad publicity around influencers so it must be hard for you when you feel like people are just putting everyone into that same category because like you said most of the problem seems to come from like reality stars and and influencers that have got a completely different background to what what you have starting your channel and building everything up from scratch yeah like there's lots of different types of people doing lots of different things you've got people that are passionately campaigning and doing amazing charity work and then you've creators who are doing workouts and and free resources and and providing amazing entertaining stuff but then there are I think the media like to paint us all with the same brush which is where we become frustrated because you hear this term and you assume that we're all the same and it's just not true I personally don't follow a lot of those reality stars I don't like consuming that content I don't like heavily edited images imagery and I don't like being shown ads that don't align with me or the creator I'm following so I think it just goes to show that you can 
follow the right people and you can dictate to you provide that follow and that support to um, and giving these people less airtime is going to help because it's just not it's not great it's not great for the industry but yeah I wish the media weren't so harsh on us sometimes and I do wish that there were more success stories and more people who are put in the spotlight for doing amazing things like the Black Lives Matter movement last year really highlighted that and I was able to off the back of it find some great creators sharing great resources that were really educational for me personally so you know there's some there's some amazing people doing great things and they deserve they deserve more more of a voice and platform Definitely. I see so many celebrities posting things that are clearly adverts, but it's just not marked in any way. But no one ever says anything. But it's always like a smaller creator. If that if they post something that's not labelled correctly, it's all over the news. So it is it is hard. But you've spoken on lots of panels and done talks about influencer marketing as well. Um, is that something that you always wanted to get into, or is it just something that you feel that happened naturally as you started to go to more events and and things like that? Yeah, do you know, I think I was probably destined to go down this path because I didn't go to uni. So I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life, actually. But I ended up working in a few different jobs. And as you know, when you found me online, I was working in an office. And I knew I liked that atmosphere of working, but I ended up going down the route of uh, social media management. And I actually was a marketing manager for a bit as well, which was a really great experience because I got to be on the other side. So we worked with brand ambassadors for the company who were extremely different to me and working with them from the brand side really helped me understand what a brand needs and wants and it was a great great opportunity and then after that I went and did a lot of social media management so creating content for lots of different brands and engaging with customers from a brand perspective and again that really helped me so that when it came to creating my own content and working with brands I know exactly what they want I know exactly the kind of stuff that they're looking for you know so yeah I think I was destined to sort of get into influencer marketing but again it was never it wasn't a thing when I started it wasn't um some a career opportunity it wasn't a choice it was just something that sort of happened over time but Mm -hmm. wouldn't change it do you find that some companies struggle to see the value in in paying for an influencer promotion Uh, because I know I work with lots of brands who just expect to contact someone and just get a free shout out for a gift in a product it must be hard at times to say where you can offer value and what they'll get back from that because there's still a lot of unknown in influencer marketing really Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it actually works both ways because a lot of smaller creators that are getting started are also approaching brands expecting products or an item or freebies and nothing is ever free because you can work with a brand who have gifted you an item and there's still value to that item and what you choose to you know produce in return is between the two of you so I think it's a two-way street but yeah it is frustrating when brands come to me I tell them my price and I think I'm very fair and I also am the kind of creator that will go above and beyond for a brand I always do way more than I'm actually contracted to and I become a very loyal uh, creator to that brand so even if I'm under a contract where I am exclusive to them I will remain exclusive long after that and I won't work with other brands that are similar ultimately I do think that 
there are a lot of brands that, like you say, don't see the value at the moment, or they've worked with a creator, maybe it hasn't uh, had the return on investment that they were looking for. But I think from a brand perspective, it's about finding the creators or influencers that really align with your products that they're already talking about you, they're already loving what you do, and finding a partnership that works great for you. So for example, recently, um, I worked with a brand called Popsa who sell photo books, and I love them a lot. And they wanted to work with me at the beginning of the year. And it just didn't work timing wise for me. And I ended up pitching a different idea and suggested about doing an IGTV video instead of a YouTube video. And because they're really flexible, understanding company they they said yeah let's give it a go let's try and that's really cool because that means that the brand opened to uh listening to my suggestion and it really paid off it was a really cool project and people really loved it and they saw great return on that so it's it's hard because some brands can see the value because of maybe a link that they provide me or a discount code so they actually have figures they know exactly how many sales that I produce off the back of my work and I'm really proud of the work that I do for these brands a lot of the time they don't tell me so I don't actually know how well it's gone because that's what marketing is isn't it really like you're just a lot of it some of it it depends what your um campaign goals are so whether it's uh your sales or whether it's just brand awareness it really depends but ultimately I do think when you can find the right creator it's not actually about having loads and loads of followers either it's not about having 100,000 200 500,000 a million followers the the bigger the creators actually sometimes aren't always the best for your brand I think some of the smaller creators like those micro influencers that that they call them um can really have a lot of power and a lot of effect so yeah I I really I really hope that brands do start seeing the value but also recognizing that it's not about going to the, the biggest creators necessarily all the time, um, which is why a brand like Disney wants to work with me because my audience are niched, love Disney just as much as me. They they love hearing about what's new and it's a, sort of a great, great partnership, really. <laughs> yeah, I love all your Disney videos. So it was amazing to see when you started working with them. Thank you. Yeah, working with Disney has been an absolute dream come true. And uh, I, I've loved Disney for my whole life. And I pay for Disney Plus myself. I go to the parks anyway myself. I buy from Shop Disney way too many times a year that I care to admit. So when they want to you know, sponsor me and work on a, a partnership, it's it, honestly, I have to have a pinch me moment because it is really exciting. So yeah, being paid to share what you already love. I mean, that that's, that's the dream. <laughs> <laughs> and that was always one of the brands you mentioned all the time that was a dream to work with as well. Yeah, I've had some really great experiences. Big Potato were another one. I've been a brand ambassador for them for three years and they're really cool. They're so fun. Their offices are great as well. And being able to meet the team and the and the guys that created the company too, like really feeling involved. And, and they asked my opinion on things and I really value that. And it's just so exciting um, being able to see a company grow and, and be a part of that. So yeah, it's, not every campaign is easy. I'd say I do have a lot of you know, some are hard, some I have to really work for them. And some have really big, like briefs, and they want loads of things. But ultimately, I really am proud of what I do. And I do work really hard to get good results. And one of the things I sort of measure on that is 
when a brand asks for changes. So I rarely ever get asked to make any changes to my work, which means that I'm hitting the brief and I'm doing exactly what they wanted, which is so rewarding. Yeah, that's brilliant. And I guess it's it's not just a case of taking a photo for Instagram either. There, there's so much work that goes on behind the scenes that the viewers don't see. So for that ad, you've got to put in so much work. Yeah, it is a lot of work. I mean, ultimately, I find my job quite like fun and and a lot of the time it doesn't feel like work um it's not a physical hard job at all obviously in comparison to what lots of other people have to do but in terms of logistics and uh, getting it right and negotiating and contracts and briefs and making sure the campaign runs smoothly and replying to all the comments afterwards and then providing a campaign report there's actually a lot of steps to a sponsored post a brand deal from from beginning to end when you wrap it up yeah there's a lot there's a lot that goes into it that people don't see so what are your plans for 2021 with your channel do you think this year will be the year that you hit a hundred thousand subscribers or uh, have you got anything that you you'd really like to achieve that's a good question. I would love to reach 100,000 subscribers, but I honestly don't think it will happen for me this year at the growth and numbers that I have had over the last few years. It's not looking like it will be this year. However, I have started focusing less on the number goals now, and I've really been focusing on making videos that I enjoy making. So it's hard to predict what 2021 will hold but I'm hoping to do some staycations and some UK travel breaks maybe if that's possible and allowed I think it'd be really fun to take our dog Bonnie on some fun things and trips so that'd be sort of high on my uh, goals and we're just going to do more home renovations we're currently doing our kitchen so working on that as a project um, and just sharing more of me and hopefully get back to Disney probably not Florida but I imagine maybe Disneyland Paris would be really nice but um, yeah just lots of home time still I think. Fantastic um, do you miss going to all the events that you used to go to in London every week? I do like part of me at the beginning was uh, quite pleased because it, it does actually become quite a lot going up and down to London for me it's about four hours round trip on the train alone so um, I was actually quite pleased for a bit of a break and save us a bit of money but actually it was such a big part of my lifestyle and I love going and meeting people and seeing people and going to events and meetings and I do miss that side of it and the lifestyle that comes with being a creator is incredible the trips I get to do I mean literally January 2020 I was in the Caribbean with P&O Cruises and that was another what am I doing moment that pinched me <laughs> like how is this my job I couldn't believe it yeah. Uh, so yeah I do miss I do miss the opportunity to travel but um at the same time and not just not just travel like theatre as well that was a big part of my life but um yeah at the same time I want it to be safe and I want everyone to be able to return um when things are, are good and I hope that these industries can rebuild and things can go back I know the travel industry in particular and theatre has been hit so so bad so I really do hope that we can do all those things again. I do I do have some shows and things booked in, but every month the month sort of gets closer. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, is it going to happen? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been the same. I've lost track of things that have been rescheduled and you just keep thinking, well, that might not happen now, but you're still hoping that it might. And it's, yeah, it's so difficult to, to plan anything at the moment. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, there's some things that I was meant to see like this time last year that you don't know when. 
yeah. when that, that's going to happen. Um, if you could give 13 year old Broden one piece of advice, what would it be? I would say that you can achieve anything that you put your mind to and your heart to. You just have to believe in yourself because believing yourself means you're halfway there anyway. So I think 13 year old Brogan was probably very quiet and timid. I was always the girl behind the camera. I never did drama. I never did dancing or acting or anything. I was never on stage. I never was in front of people. So the fact that I've come this far and doing what I do now with so much confidence is incredible. So I would just tell her to just believe in herself a bit more because she's going to be fine. Everything's going to be good in the end, (laughs) you know? That's lovely. Thanks so much for sharing your journey and opening up about your experiences as well, Broden. Oh, no, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's so lovely to chat to you properly. And uh, and I wish you all the best with your podcast too. It's so exciting. Thank you. Yeah. And where can we find out more about um, online, offline? You've got a website for it, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So it's theonlineoffline.com and that's where all the links are and all the socials for the podcast. It's literally available on every platform, I think, that's possible. And then I'm just Brogan Tate XO on all my socials as well. So come and follow me. I've really loved chatting to Brogan on today's episode. It's been fantastic to hear all about her channel, her journey so far, and her plans for 2021. Broden covers a variety of topics from travel reviews to home and lifestyle to advice, fitness and well-being to relationships, and you can find out more about Broden using at BrodenTayXO on Instagram and YouTube and Twitter. Um, you can also visit BrodenTayXO.co.uk, which I've included a link to in the show notes, along with a link to Broden's podcast, Online Offline, which she hosts with her friend Bianca. So be sure to check out those links in the show notes. And thanks so much for joining me for today's episode. I'll see you for the next one.